Okay, yogis, this is our last episode of our Seeing Clear 2020 Visions um, series. I hope this has been helpful in helping you craft who you want to be, well, who you have been and who you want to be. And um, ultimately, I want to come back to how I started this series, which is you are meant to be here and you are important. And there's some there, there's something about your human birth that is special. And I just think if we all lived in more alignment and closer to our highest self, the world would be a very different place. So I hope this has been a gift in recognizing your potential, that you are unlimited potential. And in that means you're going to fail. And in that means you're going to make mistakes. And in that means it's not always going to be happy. And you deserve to explore and work towards your highest self. And here at Practice Indy, that's that's what we're all about. So if you're listening and you're not a practitioner here, I invite you to come check us out. Um, If you are feeling called to this work, I invite you to check out our 2020 Visions workshop with Nataraj Chaitanya on December 6th through the 8th, and or come and meet with me on January 1st for our community-wide goal setting. This is also something that we'll be rolling into some um, limited edition memberships for 2020. So if you really feel called that this is the year for you to be held accountable to who you're going to be in the world, um, we have a membership built around that. So Definitely reach out if you have questions about that. I'll be sharing some testimonials online um, from a couple of people who have been through this process, one of which is a member named Kelly Morin, who um, she and I did this work together, and I had the joy and privilege of meeting up with her yesterday and just talking about um, all that's happened. A year ago, she set a vision and she's literally living every single element of that. So I'm going to read just a little bit of what she said about our goal setting workshop in hopes that if you're struggling, you can, you can use this process to shift into your best self. So when I, we came to the visualization exercise portion of the workshop, we closed our eyes and imagined ourselves walking past framed photos of our lives from five or 10 years in the future. I had no idea what I was going to see, and I was so surprised by what materialized in my mind's eye. I saw my family, my husband, myself, and our children bursting through the door back into our home upon returning from an outdoor adventure of some sort. We were all talking over each other, reliving the trials and triumphs of the day. We were all slightly wind-chapped and smelly and dirty and pleasantly exhausted. I saw this so vividly, and I realized that I wanted it so badly. Now I also knew that I deserved it, and I knew that I could achieve it. In January 2017, I started making appointments with doctors to work out the next steps in my fertility journey. In May 2017, I was pregnant with Jordan. In 2018, I became a mother. In March 2018, I started applying for jobs in Minnesota. In April 2019, I went to Minnesota to interview with IBM. Next week, this was in the summer, June of 2019, my family is moving to Minnesota. I'm immensely proud of myself. I made the time and space in my life for self-exploration. I saw what I wanted and I fucking made it happen. I think these muscles for making life choices based on my own wants and desires and then executing them were ones that I hadn't exercised in a while. 
she goes on to share about her journey, but I think it's so powerful to hear that the testimony of that. And I know I've worked with countless others who have been through infertility struggles, who've had job shift issues. You are capable of whatever it is you want to accomplish in this life. It's simply about standing for yourself and saying, I deserve it and I am able. And Kelly is just such a wonderful example of that. Um, and and yeah, and this is, I feel so called to this process and it scares the shit out of me honestly to do it because what if you fail? That feels like failure to me, but if you win, we all win. Like Kelly living her best life makes her better at her job and her better as a mother and her better as a wife, which only improves the lives of those around her and that's how it expands and grows. So as we dive into the legacy conversation, I wanna lead with one of, my biggest heroes, which is Martin Luther King Jr. He started his work in Montgomery, Alabama at the age of 25. And by the age of 35, he won the Nobel Peace Prize and at the time was the youngest recipient of that award. I think that's significant because one year, so much can change, we can accomplish so much. And in 10 years, you can literally change the world. And that may not be all of our dharma, but it sure was for Martin Luther King and as a kid growing up in Alabama, you know, he was a part of the narrative in everything I did. And I'm so grateful for that because he, I mean, just literally changed the world. And in 10 years and not as a six-year-old trust fund baby, you know, with a billion dollars in cars, but just a man with vision and um, a man with divine vision who saw, who allowed you know, the voice of his higher power to help him see what was possible, that we are so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And, uh, and the other thing I'll, I'll add about that is it wasn't easy. We, we make this image of Martin Luther King like all white people loved what he was saying. He was so controversial. He had to work through so much failure. He went to jail a bajillion times. He was, you know, rioted at. His family was threatened. I mean, what he did was no small task and it was rife with failure, rife with frustration. So I think when you think about your legacy, know that it likely won't be a cakewalk to accomplish all the things if you're really setting out to be, you know, that highest version of yourself and it's possible and it's worth it and it can literally change the world. So we're going to start out with a really fun topic, your fears. So I want you to take a moment and consider what are your three greatest fears. For most of us, death is one of those, either losing people we love or dying ourselves. And then all of mine just center around that, <laughs> or they basically lead back to that. So on the, the yogic path, it's called abnivesha, or the fear, the clinging of life, the fear of dying. And so if that's one of yours, definitely write that down. But whatever is associated with that, you know, money, things that land at our lower chakras tend to be here too, you know, financial instability, losing our home, losing things, um, grasping. So get clear on what your three biggest fears are and what are you doing now to actively combat them? If you're like me and you're afraid to die or you're afraid to lose your loved ones, how are you living every day so that you make sure you don't regret anything. How are you being present in that right now? Are you? Is that something that you could put some goals around or put some focus around? 
So starting with that light topic, next thing we're gonna explore is drawing a picture of your tombstone. How pleasant. So draw a tombstone and write out what would be on it. Here lies blank, who blank, 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 and who blank, blank, blank. Or maybe you write out your eulogy. What would, what would it say at the end of your life? And think about your funeral, not necessarily at who's speaking at it, but think about who's talking about you at the potato salad. So you know, at every funeral, there's, you know, there's the reverence of, of what people say at the actual funeral. But then there's the tea, honey, where you're all you know, having lunch or brunch and people are, are sharing their actual feelings. Well, you know... You know, she did really love a little too much wine or, you know, she just had the most disgusting sense of humor. I'm imagining a few of these things will be said at mine. But think about what people are really saying about you. What do you want them to be saying? What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want that conversation to look like? What kind of impact are you leaving? How many people are there? Do you want to impact a million people or do you want to impact two uh, do you care if anyone's there at all? Is it deeply religious? Is it full of joy? Is it celebration of your life or is it a mourning of your death? So take a moment to think about that. And then a little less macabre, and not everybody wants to get to 100. I'm, I'm starting to think I don't want to live to 100, but think of your oldest age you want to get to. Maybe 100 is just the easiest thing to say. So think of your 100th birthday. Who's there? What are you celebrating? What have you accomplished in your life? What pictures are being passed around? What are you laughing about? What is the world like and how have you played a part in that? What's the political climate? What's the environment look like? How many children have you had? Have you had any children? What organizations have you been a part of? What trips have you taken? So take some time to really vision at your 100th birthday, what does the photo album of your life look like? And who is around the table and what are you eating? Do you still have teeth or have you had so much candy because that brings you joy, they're rotted out to hell. Think about all those things. What would a 100 year old birthday for you look like? And then start to pare that down as you look at or you imagine this photo album, what do, what do you look like 10 years before in your 90s? What do you look like in your 80s? What are you doing in your 70s? What do you look like in your 60s? Maybe, you know, I've already named an age you're at. Maybe you need to consider like, what are the last leading up years to my 100th birthday gonna look like? Maybe like me, you're in your 30s. You've got quite some time before that. So what does the photo album of your life look like? What are the stages of your life? What are the decades of your life look like? And just take a moment to either write that down or just marinate it because we are all capable of leaving a legacy like Martin Luther King. And I hope many more do leave a legacy like that. So contemplate either your end or the celebration of your, your seniority and think about who you want to be in this world. And then as you pare that down, think about 10 years from now. If you were to think 20, 30, 10 years, it seems like a lifetime and not that far away. 
What can you accomplish in 10 years? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to affect in this world? Just take a moment to consider that you are so powerful that we only use something like 10% of our brains and we are capable of so much more. And how do you, how do you hope to explore that in the next 10 years? And remember, it's going to take a single day. It's going to take that grain of sand. It's going to take that tiny repeatable action after tiny repeatable action that cultivates 10, 20, 50 years from now and the legacy you're going to leave. And also give yourself grace that we don't all have to be Martin Luther King. Maybe you want a quiet life. You want to enjoy your family and enjoy every day. And that's enough too. We don't all have to be these major change makers. But if you feel called, it's possible. And then finally, wherever you are in this process, you're going to write your life's manifesto. And your life's manifesto is just one phrase. It's a mantra. Mine is heal the wound and spread the light. And it's the thing that you want to die knowing you did or you at least tried to do. What are you up to in this world? What do you want at, on that tombstone or at that 100th birthday for everybody to agree, yes, you did that. So I hope this series has invoked curiosity and um, thought around who you want to be moment to moment, who you want to be one year from now, who you want to be 50 years from now, and also who you have been and knowing that we change all the time. So give yourself permission to evolve, to shift, that this is coming from a yogic lens and that yoga is really a practice of not only returning to ourselves, but an evolution, that we are moving from surviving to thriving. And if you choose to go on this journey, that's what you are embarking on. This, this transformation of the self, that we are more than our survival instincts and we are also those things, but we are more than our mistakes and we are also those things. And that we can evolve by living in the discomfort, pushing for what we really want and just giving it a shot, knowing that there's no... There's no guarantee on how long we get here, so we might as well give it our best. So I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you've gotten something out of it. Please join us December 6th through the 8th or on January 1st. And, um, and here's to you living your best year ever and seeing as clearly as possible into your full potential.